Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program. The no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach to Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Austin Church with Belarnum. Welcome, Austin. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about Belarnum. How are you serving folks? So I serve folks in two different ways. On the consulting side, I help typically e-commerce brands with a specific focus in outdoor brands with their brand strategy. That's everything from mission, vision, values, all the typical stuff to differentiation, target audience, all the stuff that helps them stand out. And then on the coaching side, I help freelance creatives most often. And that's where we're working on business uh, levers, the areas of their business where with a little bit of effort, they can see outsized returns. So now, uh, what drew you to um, creatives as a focus? So my background is in literature. I went to grad school to get a master's in creative writing and never really realized it until I got into the business world, but I was always entrepreneurial. And so I was that odd duck who loved the arts, loved poetry, loved fiction writing, and yet liked money and wanted to make money. And then later when had a family, needed to make more money and uh, didn't think I was that unusual. But after, you know, hundreds of conversations with writers and freelancers, I've realized that a lot of creatives really struggle with the business side. And I'm passionate about helping them work through some of those issues. So how did you kind of... I don't want to say pivot because maybe it was just a natural evolution from, you know, kind of wearing the hat of I'm a creative, I'm a writer, I'm going to write. And then um, now that you've written, then going, okay, when's the money come from this? And, and how do I build a business around my writing? Did that just happen? Like you just figured out a way to do it and said, oh, I'm going to share this with everybody else I know. And that's how you got into coaching. Like what was the path? I think... I was like a lot of people in that I had the problem. And I I think most people don't change until it hurts worse to stay the same. And I was failing forward and had a number of experiences early on where I made a mistake, uh, undercharged, or I had a a, a bad uh, master service agreement. I, I just made some kind of mistake that caused me pain And I'm like, well, there's got to be a better way to do this. You start looking around and then, you know, as time passed, I realized, well, I've started to have some success. I changed the way I operated, developed some business acumen and wait a second, all the other people that I see that are making six figures as freelance creatives, well, they're all doing the same things. They're all pulling the same levers and, that was kind of my light bulb moment where I thought, oh, there are 
like I said, levers and there are principles at play. And I think a lot of those will be replicable or repeatable for most people. And so that's when I put together my program and started sharing what I had learned through trial and error. So what are some of those main levers? So I think a lot of them will apply both to creatives and to coaches. The six that I talk about most often are positioning, packaging, pricing, pipeline, psychology, and process. And I can go as as deep as you want to go in any of those. So um, are they in order? So you have to get your positioning right before you do anything else? I think that helps because positioning goes back to like your dream clients. Who's the target audience you want to serve and, you know, your market. And it's really easy to pick a bad market, a market where people don't have money or a market where they don't experience uh, an appropriate degree of pain that would motivate them to make a change or they don't, or the market's shrinking. Right. So um, I think positioning is the best place to start. And then once you see all the indicators you need to see in your market with the type of client that you want to serve, well, then you can start thinking about the packages that you want to create, what I would call your juicy offers. And then, you know, you start putting prices on your offers and your pricing can be strategic and premium, or it can be more knee jerk and reactive. You can probably tell by my wording, which I prefer and which I recommend, definitely strategic and premium, but start with positioning for sure. So now, um, is this kind of geared to a business audience or is this geared to like, what if I'm a fan fiction writer? So some, some things still apply, right? Um, Robert Kiyosaki, I think it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where He's passing on this interview he had with a journalist and she was expressing frustration that her books weren't selling. And he told her, you know, they call me a best selling writer, not a best writing writer. I recommend you take a class on sales. And so certainly fiction writers, other types of writers could benefit from looking for those levers, sales being one of them, uh, but primarily I'm working with creatives, writers, yes, designers, illustrators, photographers, um, software developers. I'm looking for folks like that who are definitely in business, definitely see their work as a business, not just a hobby. And, you know, I am look for the more ambitious ones that are looking to turn a profit. So it's not artists to be art for art's sake, this is artists for commerce, that they're helping other people leverage their art to for their business in some manner. Absolutely. And I love art for art's sake, but art and commerce have always mixed. And there's uh, nothing to be ashamed of in that. And, you know, wanting or needing to sell your art and support yourself does not make you a sellout. There's a a lot more to talk about there, but yes, definitely focused on people who are um, art as business or creativity as business. So now what are some of the symptoms these folks are having that uh, your team or you yourself is the right fit to help them kind of get to the, to a new level? Is it just frustration or lack of sales or, or can it be something more uh, deeper than that? 
good question. It's certainly inconsistency. You have a great month and then the next month isn't so great. And you see that freelance feast or famine. Another thing that is pretty common is burnout. Once people get to consistently making around 5,000 bucks a month, so they're at, you know, topping out at around 60 a year, they get tired and maybe they don't enjoy the work as much as they used to, or find themselves pretty uh, getting frustrated with clients or not short tempered, but just annoyed or irritated easily. And so there's some emotional signs as well. You find yourself not as excited to get out of bed in the morning and every new request that comes from a client may meet with some eye rolling or size or you get what I'm saying, right? So you've either hit a wall with your earning or there's something about your um, emotional life or even your work life balance or blend that just feels off and that's when people start looking for help. So now if you're a creative, should you have something that is almost a vehicle for passive income, whether it's a course or a book or a series or some, some, something that is kind of making money for you just with the, without you doing much anymore? You did the initial work to kind of build it, but it's sitting there in the background kind of working for you. I recommend it. I mean, when I look at a lot of my big gains, yes, I ratcheted up my prices with creative work over the years, but a lot of my big gains came from, like you said, packaging up something that I know as a course, as a workshop, um, and finding a more leveraged business model. There are so many business models available to us online now, and it seems like even with something like TikTok, new ones crop up every year. So yes, by all means, create some kind of digital product um, and you'll achieve some scale that's simply not possible when you're trading time for money. And then the beauty or one of the benefits of doing this is that this is just kind of incrementally going to add income without you kind of fussing with it a lot. Oh, for sure. And I think I was explaining this to my daughter the other day. I had earned an affiliate commission through a product that I linked to in one of my blog posts. She's eight. I think she's, I think we've got a little entrepreneur on our hands, but I was explaining to her that I wrote this blog post once years ago. And to date, I'd say that it has earned me around $1,500 in affiliate commissions. And no, it doesn't generate a huge sum of money on any given month, but I mean, I look at my revenue as a mosaic. Some pieces are bigger, some pieces are smaller, but every piece I add, well, the whole mosaic gets bigger. My, my overall revenue gets bigger. So I'm just, I, I'm amazed at how many different ways there are to piece together that mosaic. And then uh, as part of your work as a coach is kind of manage the expectations of your clients. Cause like you said, you do this blog post, you add this affiliate link and it's generating, you know, over the course of like, say five years, say it generates even, even if it's just the $1,500, well, that's $300 a year. And if you can do that times 10 times 15 times 20 times a hundred, 
then it becomes money that you're paying attention to. Now it's all, like you said, it's just sitting there working in the background. And mm-hmm. if you can get enough of that mosaic going, um, then, then that creates that security and that creates that um, kind of predictable revenue over time. That's right. And I think one of the things I talk a lot about is both a plan and patience. I think one of the traps that creatives in particular fall into is what I would call the skills improvement trap, where if you have, let's say, 20 units of time and effort that you could spend, you're a lot more likely as a writer or another type of freelance creative to go spend those units of effort on becoming incrementally better as a writer, even if you make a a 20% gain in skill or quality over the course of a year with copywriting, that doesn't translate into a 20% gain in income. So you have to come up with a plan that is built around, okay, if I have these 20 units of effort and I were to apply them over here in terms of like prospecting or even in terms of like what you said, creating a digital product or finding more leverage somewhere else. Well, that 20 units of effort might not represent 20% gain in income, but more like a 60% gain in income. And so part of my program is helping freelance creatives find those uh, fulcrums as like points of leverage so that yeah, you all, you, we all have limited time, but where you put your time really matters in terms of the results that you get. Now, I'm a big uh, believer in um, processes over goals, and I think to create the right systems and tweak the right systems is more beneficial than having a goal that you're shooting for. Um, and is there work that I can be doing or should be doing as a creative every day to just keep pumping that lever like you were talking about earlier that's going to generate some sort of a return over time? Yes. Uh, the most common mistake I see freelance creatives making is they stop marketing when they get busy. They finally experience that sense of relief of having plenty of work, maybe even too much work. You have that one month that maybe it even doubles your best month to date. Everything is going great. And so you take your foot off the gas with marketing, with lead generation, with follow-up, not fully realizing that, well, each week you're actually working on generating leads that you'll need six months from now. And so the one habit that... I advocate for, and I love what you said about process over goals. Hey, listen, if you're going to be constantly implementing one process, it should be business development, marketing, lead generation. Even if it's just 30 minutes a day, 45 minutes a day, don't become inconsistent with that. So now what are those activities? How do you recommend your clients? Like what activities are they doing for those 30 minutes? It depends on what their market is and what their primary channels are going to be. But, you know, an easy answer is, listen, be on LinkedIn, be posting on LinkedIn, be proactively building your audience on LinkedIn by sending 10 to 15 uh, connection requests a day to people in your target audience. 
uh, find posts from people in your target audience, comment on those, whatever, you know, whatever your market is, you find the main channel or the watering hole where people in that market, in that target audience are hanging out and then show up there often. And you put in your statistically significant number of activities there. Again, like you said, trusting the process more than you trust even a specific goal or how you feel on a specific day. So if you invest the time in kind of building this prospecting machine properly and efficiently, then it is kind of a rinse and repeat every day. That's right. And it takes the pressure off of needing one particular post to get all the attention because you know you're going to be showing up and making another one tomorrow. It's, I mean, we all know that consistency trumps everything in marketing. It's just that consistency is hard. So, right. That's the work part. People, that's the part part they don't like. (laughs) Well, and, and that's the part that, you know, a lot of freelance creatives are really smart people. And we're always looking for hacks. We're always looking for ways to like maximize results with minimal effort. But there are some things that you cannot hack and consistency is one thing you cannot hack. You just, you have to put in your reps. You have to show up. You have to get the base hits every once in a while. Maybe you do hit a grand slam, but, you know, show up every day. And sure enough, you'll usually come out with more than enough leads. Good stuff. Well, if there, someone's out there that wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, uh, maybe to get a hold of your program or just kind of learn more what you are up to, what's the website? Uh, so it's Balernum, B-A-L-E-R-N-U-M.com. I'm on LinkedIn a bunch. It's my name, Austin L. as in Larry Church. Find me there. Send me a message. Good stuff, Austin. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Thank you for having me on, Lee. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Hey.